joining us now is my one of my pod boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> I think we <laughs> we're trying to make a living potting each other over the last uh, couple of months. Chris Heath, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Listen, you're one of the few people who returns my phone calls. It's a, it's a very exclusive club of people who just don't have better judgment in life. If I could make money off of, well, I, I mean, it's not that I can't make money, but it's like, and it's not that I want to hear myself think. I just love conversations. And I, like, I love doing like, you know, panels. Like, I think you and I were on one for the realtors, right? Last. No, you were Dixon, uh, Matt Dixon. And, but you were there. Um, I was there. I was covering right. it. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, I love panels. I love, you know, I love like repartee. I like, you know, I would have been a good Brat Packer, like just as like uh, Dean Martin in the back, you know, just like I don't have to sing. I don't have to be this star, but I just want to be there and kind of hang out. <laughs> yeah, I've always enjoyed kind of when you go back and you watch some of like the old when uh, they had Crossfire and you had like Gore Vidal up there <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, having these having these long conversations of, you know, very, very hefty ideas of the day. And, you know, I, I get the feeling sometimes on podcasts you can do a little bit more of that than it lends itself to radio or television or, well, especially print. Um, and by the way, my Skype, I'm looking, that's the problem with a three monitor setup. I've been, you've been looking at the back of my head. Um, it was funny. I was looking when um, Chris Matthews got fired or whatever, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I uh, they said, you know, he, he basically was at the San Francisco Chronicle as like a columnist, and then he got picked up by the McLaughlin Group. So I went back and looked at like the McLaughlin Group, kind of you know back in the day about like what you're talking about, um, where you had the you know firing line and things like that, and you just had these great erudite conversations with people. You know, that one, the McLaughlin group, they just all talked over each other. But it was a different, you know, it, it was different then. And I think that that is, I think people still liked it. Um, and that's why they like, um, you know, I think that's why they like podcasts. Yeah, because it, it does give you that that way to listen to what you want to hear. You can, you know, you can put on Conan O'Brien's podcast and listen to that. And then you can jump over. And one of the ones I love listening to is, uh, Jonah Goldberg has a podcast he does, and sometimes, you know, his will be news of the day, and then other times he'll just have fascinating people on and have like an hour and a half conversation about really obscure sometimes topics, but if the conversation's moving and it's interesting, I have no problem listening to it, and, um, you know, they're just, there's so much out there to consume, so, but you got to keep it moving. By the way, um, and I, I told you this offline, we are keeping this kind of rough, but, um, you know, kids in the background, dogs in the background. Ella Joyce just walked into the studio. She's just, she's a frequent podcast um, uh, guest on He Said, She Said. Do you want to say hi to Mr. He? That's Mr. You don't want to, you want to just say hi to the audience? No? Okay. All right. But she's one of our frequent podcast guests, and she is just waiting. You know where Mr. Chris is at? He's in Orlando. And you know who he gets to see all the time because he covers them? Your best friends, Mick, Pluto, and Rapunzel. Yeah. Are you missing Mickey? Orlando just isn't the same without Mickey, Pluto, and Rapunzel right now, is it? Well, you know, it's not just that. It's it's everything. I mean, from Disney being shut down to Universal to SeaWorld. Um, and people are start traveling. You know, I pulled the numbers for the uh, Central Florida Expressway Authority and they're way down year over year 
It's just people are staying home and they're heeding the good advice of if you don't have to be out, do not be out, you know, stay home. But we're seeing it. And so it's it's just kind of creepy being out like when I go jogging in the morning, how few cars are outside. But one of the other things I've noticed as I go for my runs in the morning, a lot more people are out walking, husbands and wives walking around, walking the dogs, people out going for jogs, going for runs. Um you know, trying to stay active. And if their gyms shut down, they're outside, you know, doing one of the few things you can do exercise wise that keeps you away from people. And that is running. All right. So let me real quick, let me go back to where, and I'm, this is why I'm not a good podcast host as I am a guest. Just tell the audience who you are and what you do before we go back into the topics you just brought up. <laughs> I, I am the uh, political and investigative reporter for WFTV channel nine. I've been in this job since uh, January of 2013. I kind of, I ebb and flow between investigations and political. If the legislature's in session, I cover more political. Obviously, on even number of years, I cover more political. But when those things aren't happening, I tend to do a lot of investigations, which really bleeds more into political, like investigating government entities uh, not necessarily investigating consumer stuff. We have a whole consumer division that handles that. Um, Orlando is like one of the gr- last great TV markets, right? I mean, I or not, I don't want to say last great. It's one of the great TV markets uh, for really TV is, news. Yeah. It just seems like yeah. it's, it, this is nothing about the Sentinel, which actually I think has done a pretty remarkable job over the last year reinvigorating itself. It's just, it just seems like a market built for television. You constantly have a steady stream of news because of Disney, Universal, et cetera. And those kind of require visuals as opposed to like opening up Epic, you know, Universal's new thing. That lends itself to TV as opposed to just a print story. It just seems like it's a competitive, engaging, interesting TV news uh, battleground. Like I, I think of you, like when, uh, like Anchorman, when all the guys are about to get into like one of the gang fights. It just seems like there's a good band of people over there. Come get a taste. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, we are. Uh, I, I, I mean, not not to disparage the Tampa market or or South Florida, Miami, or I think Fort Myers does a really good job, um, given their their smaller size. But Orlando, I just feel like considering we're the third largest TV market in the state. I mean, we have so much going on here. I feel like we turn out probably the best product, not just Channel 9. Um, even the stations we compete against, I think, do a really good job. And, um, you know, maybe that's a little bit of we're kind of a crossroads of the state. We're, we're still going through our awkward teenage years, whereas, you know, St. Petersburg and Tampa's a little bit more mature communities. Miami's a much more mature community. We're still, you know, an awkward teenage year, so we got a lot to figure out. But yeah, this is one of those markets where everything seems to cross through here and, um, you know, there's always something happening and it's, it's, yeah, it's very dynamic here. I think one of the things that doesn't get enough credit, uh, and I know this is kind of a competitor of yours, is the uh, Spectrum news channels in both Tampa Bay and Orlando, you know, their presence kind of it like it basically turns the temperature up on all the news all the time because you've got to feed that 24 hour TV news beast. And we're, you know, I don't even think Miami has a uh, 24 hour, you know, news station. And so 
it's just it 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 I've seen what Bay News Nine does in the Tampa Bay market. Um, it you know you're creating I don't want to say creating news. You're taking things that may not have bec- uh, gotten news coverage and making them news stories um, because you have to feed the 3 p.m. TV newscast. You can't wait until six o'clock. And I think the same thing could be said about Orlando with um, you know Channel 13 over there. You know again. You have to have fresh content for 1.30. So a story that may just be would have been on the back burner in another market suddenly is, you know, and breaking now, uh, the uh, the mayor says that the dog park is going to be open later today. And suddenly that's, oh, shit, the, the dog park's going to be open. We got to get a story on that. So, um, well, it's, you know, I think Troy being up in the Capitol for them does a fantastic job giving a presence that is sorely missing. Uh, our capital reporting core across the board's been decimated in the last decade, decade and a half. Um, you know, I think Greg, who handles a lot of political here local for them, does a does a good job. Yeah, they they're also one of those. You know, they're always there. You may not look at them the same way as those of us that are you know affiliates look at. You know, we obviously at, at Channel Nine keep a close eye on the NBC affiliate here and the ABC affiliate here. Um, but you are aware when when 13 is is out there, they, they're doing stuff. And um, obviously, they've got a presence up in Tallahassee that is gives them some better mobility than a lot of us have. But, yeah, it's a, it's a again, it's a dynamic news market and, and they're part of the mix. What did why did you start a podcast when you um, when you start? Because you've got a podcast that we can you can put a plug in for. What made you decide to do that was were the the bosses at the station cool with that? Um, how is that going? Give us a little update on that. Uh, the podcast is on hiatus right now because I've been on home quarantine for 14 days, which just ended yesterday, uh, ah. Monday. So the podcast great question, Peter. <laughs> what a great <laughs> but but uh, the podcast. Uh, you know, it go when when things were normal pre uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, I was trying to turn out two of those a week. And um, really, the bosses were like, we'd like to see you do a podcast um, other than, you know, them having final say for what it got called, which is Battleground Florida. Um, they really have been hands off. I can invite the guests I want to invite on. I can cover the topics I want to cover. Um, you know, I had Blaze and Golia on. I spent the first 10 minutes discussing playing poker with him rather than politics. Um, you know, Jamie Grant came on and you know, spent an hour and a half going over French Enlightenment and um, the, the <laughs> greatest writings of John Jay and Alexander Hamilton. Um, so you, you get you get to kind of be in several different, you know, buckets at any given time. But it's a it's a fun podcast to do. And um, as soon as we get back to normal and I can get back into the studio, uh, I plan to start cranking some more of those out. But for right now, you know, working from home and doing what I can here. Um, when do you think we get back to normal, in your opinion? You know, if you think about the fact that the Wuhan province in China is not going to reopen officially until mid-April, and they've essentially been shut down since mid-January, I mean, I, I think our timeline may be better than that. But, um, you know, Fitch just put out a thing on Disney the other day saying they think Disney will keep the will have to keep the parks closed at least into the third fiscal quarter. And for Disney, the third fiscal quarter starts April 1. So it's not that far away, but you don't know how far into that quarter they're going to have to go. Um, I think that'll be the indication here that things are officially back to normal when 
the Magic Kingdom and Universal and our big attractions open back up. But, uh, you know, I just I don't know. I, I hope sooner rather than later. But it's just it's there's so many unknowns right now. Um, I just got an email like 15 minutes ago, and I don't want to be like Jeff Kotkamp and be upset um, that they canceled anything. In fact, I really am upset for probably the staff uh, over there. But the Orlando Ritz, which is, I think, probably the nicest non-Disney hotel. Maybe I mean, Four Seasons is probably the best, but off of Disney property, I think the Orlando Ritz is probably the best one in that in that market. Um, they just announced, or they just told us, so they canceled our Memorial Day reservation uh, and said that they're going to suspend operation through May 27th. And so, I mean, that's a proactive, preemptive strike that I was not, I, I'll be honest, I was not expecting that. I was thinking, I mean, that, I mean, to do that, uh, that's a lot. I mean, that is a, that is a long way off. I mean, that is battening down the hatches for another two months over there. And so I was, I was a little surprised at that one. Yeah, it's uh well between that and you start to say you know they they may be looking out at other reservations that are canceling and just saying do we stay open to be at twenty percent capacity or do we just shut it down and go to zero we're going to lose more money if we stay open but can't sell rooms than if we just go ahead and close I, I mean I don't know I, I you got to imagine that they're looking at a lot of numbers and a lot of people calling them up and saying we're just not coming. Um, I mean, I, we've we've talked about it a lot already, but I've asking everybody, when did coronavirus get real for you? Um, was there a moment when you knew, hey, wait a second, this is not this is going to be a a society changing event? Really, there were two. Uh, I went to in New Orleans at the first part of March. I had a conference I was speaking at uh, for investigative reporters, and I was on a panel there. And I went to an industry dinner that evening. And when I got back to Orlando, I got an email from uh, the organization saying that one of the people uh, who was at the event had already tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, wow. Subsequently, another person who was with me um, went into isolation because she was having symptoms as well. And I, I, mean, I had to take that to my bosses. And that's when it got real, when they were like, you need to go home now. And this is no longer something that we're seeing in other places. This is, no, no, you need to go home. Drop, take your laptop, go. We'll see you in, in two weeks. If you can work from home, work from home, but we need you out of here immediately. That's when it started to get real for me. And then a couple of days later, my wife's, uh, she manages a salon here in the Orlando area. And their boss, the, the owner of the salon called and said, I hate to do this, but I'm furloughing everyone until further notice. They just have they have no business. Nobody's nobody's going in to get haircuts and um, get um, high end haircuts, that is. And so, you know, so she's essentially out of work and oh, I'm working from home. And that that's when it starts to get real, real is when, you know, you're you're having to make financial decisions because I don't know when she's getting another paycheck. And um, I'm trying to do interviews from home and I'm trying to put together news stories from home. But you know, we're not, I mean, we're not out gathering the news the way we were. We're still trying to gather the news as best we can. And we're working a lot of workarounds, but it's not, it's not the way it was, you know, three, four weeks ago. All right. Um, on that wonderful note, and it's just like, yeah. God, I just, 
oh, I just that you know it, it, it's what crushes me is just so many friends um, that are going to be hurting here, and um, it just it's just I don't want to say it's not fair. It's just it's so sudden that there's just you know I think that I mean like if 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 twelve of your friends got laid off through the year and it was one a month you would be able to process it but it's like you know when 24 of your friends get laid off inside of a week like you just don't even I, you just don't have the capacity to you know it's like it's not that it's hard to find empathy it's uh, eventually you become numb to it you're just like oh well everybody you know like everybody's laid off and it's like god this is just so horrible right now this flash depression it is. And it's, you know, you mentioned it. it's one of those things, unless you've got that touchstone, you can compartmentalize it and be like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's happening to somebody else. Uh, the last time we had a long government shutdown, my father-in-law um, works works for the U.S. Army. He's retired U.S. Army and now he works for the Army. And he got furloughed. Indefinitely, he got furloughed. And it was one of those things where I had friends of mine, you know, going on social media and being like, good, shut down the government. We don't need them, you know, and stuff. And I'm like, you know, my, my father-in-law is not getting a paycheck right now. You know, it's 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 impacting him directly. I know you think you have this grand thought, but people are suffering. There are always going to be people suffering for decisions that get made or, you know, external events, which is what we're dealing with now. All right. So if you've listened to some previous ones, we are looking for like a few recommendations to get through the hunkering down that we're going through right now. Is there something you're watching on Netflix? Is there something fun that you're doing? Are you, uh, our, our mutual friend, Scott Powers, picked up the old uh, rotisserie baseball, the uh, Rotomatic from back in the day, and he's doing that, um, which is so, you know, if you know Scott Powers and you think of him in that 1930s, you know, hat of his, um, he's still the, the one journalist wearing a hat out there as he, you know, pounds the beat um, is there, do you have a couple recommendations for folks? Well, my wife is uh, working her way back through the office, not the British version, the U.S. version with uh, Steve Carell. So she's doing that. Um, and um, I'm, I'm trying to get the boys outside and we're doing a lot more outdoor activities, just me and, the, and my two sons who are nine and six. So, you know, take advantage of the fact that you can social distance and still go for a long walk. You can social distance, and if you feel up to it, go for a jog. Um, there's a lot of exercise you can do. There's a lot of you know exploring and outdoor adventures you can do without having to get anywhere near other people. Um, and uh, you know, Florida does have a lot of very beautiful places that are not that far from probably where you're living that you can go take a look at and not have to be around other people. So um, I'd say both of those are pretty decent ideas. You know, obviously don't go to the beach, but if you can, you know, go walk to your neighborhood park on the sidewalk, that's that's six feet all the way around. It's, it, you know, separating out the the horrible uh, events around the world or in the world that are happening as a extroverted introvert as I am, which, you know, this is my dream scenario that I don't have to leave the house and I can, <laughs> I can order curbside cocktails. Um, like this is, uh, if, other than the economic depression and loss of life, um, this is exactly how I would set up society, uh, that I can get any restaurant to do home delivery at this point. Um, yeah. 
What's the what's the running joke right now that those of us in Gen X have been preparing for this our whole lives? Is that it's it's true. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to close on that because it's a good point. Like, you know, if you know, you wonder why there are all these, uh, you know, millennials at the beach, you know, they grew up, they came up under the 08 recession. They've been, you know, they're aspiring to live in a tiny house and they're loaded with college debt in a after just leaving their mother's home i mean it isn't like this isn't like the 08 crash everybody lost four houses that they were trying to flip you know uh you had the bartender in the or you had the stripper in big short who had six mortgages that isn't the case here um this is people that were you know a generation of people that are legitimately looking at living in shipping containers as a as a as a lifestyle choice you know they're not going to be as upset that the economic system is crashing and that's why they're like hey yeah i'm going to the beach i'm going to not socially isolate it's it's kind of interesting all right man i usually try to keep these pods to about 10 or 15 minutes i knew with you we'd go a little bit over i appreciate (laughs) it i hope uh you and i you know what I'll come over and get a haircut from your wife myself if I got to come over there. Um, I'm wondering right now what I'm going to do about all of that. Um, But I hope you're well, and I hope to see you again in person soon enough. Always endeavoring to be terse, but tending to be loquacious once again. (laughs) Thank you. See you, Peter. Peter.